Hey, D&D, D&D fam. fam. I'm Quick. And I'm Lee. And you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep. But to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Ducats is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 or <laughs> 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinions, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Ducats. Hey, D&D fam. Welcome back. We're in summertime. Summer, summer, summertime. Summertime. Hey, okay, you got to be from a certain generation to know, you know, <laughs> where that song come from. But it is the summer. Yeah. And we are continuing conversations about those ships. Y'all know if y'all have tuned in to Divas and Duckers, you know how I feel about ships, those relationships, the family, your relationships with friends, yes. your significant others. Mm-hmm. They impact your money in so many different ways, yes. right? Yes, and she's saying ship with a P yes. and Paul. Yes, yes. So S-H, know. relationships. Okay, <laughs> let's clear that up. <laughs> so today, what do we have? We are going to be talking about marriage and money, right? Because... Mm. Therapy is expensive, but so is divorce. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about marriage and money and how to try to make sure those ducats are in order with the partner that you have. Yes. So we before uh, we get into our questions, we have another expert here in her field that we're going to introduce. We have with us Dr. Faith Troop. Say hello to the people. Hello, people. (laughs) Hey, Doc. (laughs) So, give you a little background so you know that she knows her stuff. Mm -hmm. Dr. Faith Troop is owner of Troop Psychotherapy and Consulting, PLLC. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist serving individuals, couples, and families in North Carolina and Georgia. She works as a therapist with Isaiah Counseling and Wellness, PLLC, as well. Because she's busy, honey. Booked and busy. <laughs> uh, she was born and raised in Miami, Florida, and currently lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She earned her undergraduate and master's degree in psychology from Florida A&M University and doctoral degree in marriage and family therapy from Florida State University. Currently, her work centers around helping people heal from loss, trauma, grief, and life transitions. Dr. Faith believes in supporting community and that it begins with supporting healthy families. And over the last few years, her work has also included black maternal mental health, which we talked about mm-hmm. in the episode, yep. uh, specifically by supporting women of color and those who support them, i.e. midwives and doulas. Love it. Yes, Dr. Faith loves to travel and experience new things. She enjoys African dance, yoga, gardening, making jewelry, and sewing when she's not helping the people. Oh, sewing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. We, I don't know so many sisters around. Like, that's a lost art to me. I, I love know, that. like quilting and whatnot. Yeah. I'm trying to find somebody because I got a lot of old T-shirts. Uh, we digress. <laughs> 
So, welcome, welcome, welcome to Divas and Duckets podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And we like to start off our question with all of our guests for you to tell us in your words what brought you to your current career. What made you decide to be a therapist? Um, so I am blessed, beyond blessed, because uh, at 14, I knew that I wanted to work with families um, and specifically children. So I am uh, the daughter of many mothers because I actually lost my mother when I was 13. And so um, as a result of that, that time period and starting therapy at 14 and 15, you know, dealing with grief and loss around the loss of my mother, Mm -hmm. I realized that there's so much that um, happens during children's lives and in their spaces and their homes that a lot of times don't get discussed. Um, And so my initial work really centered around, because I thought I wanted to be a child psychologist, um, working with children in their homes, working with families. Um, And so from that work, I decided to really pursue marriage and family therapy. Um, Because a lot of times things happen, life transitions happen. And so sometimes it's not just grief, it's not just loss. Getting older happens, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And when you are a child or a young adult or in your mid middle age or older in age as life happens sometimes we need support around that Mm -hmm. and so what i initially thought would be um, my career forever at 14 15 as a child psychologist that actually drifted into um, not just psychology but really looking at marriage and family therapy looking at people as not just you know, spots, individuals, mm-hmm. but really seeing people within the context in which they exist, in which they live, understanding that if I, as a therapist, have one person, two people, or an entire family in my office, that ultimately I'm not just impacting the people in the room with me, but the people who they ultimately mm-hmm. interact with. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's how I became, you know, even interested in marriage and family therapy as a discipline. Um, so, yeah. I knew early <laughs> in high school awesome. uh, mm-hmm. that I wanted to help people. And so that started this to where I am now today. Yeah. And I think it's really awesome and healthy, especially um, coming off of Mental Health Awareness a Month mm-hmm. that, you know, you spoke to being in therapy so early. Yeah. Because especially yeah. in our community, that's not as common. I think we're doing a little better, but yeah. it's still such a such a you know heel to climb in terms of people being comfortable with that right so that's awesome right and that's a yeah i was about to say that's a complete diversion but that's that stood out to me too Mm -hmm. like were the obviously you know you were still a minor so that you had a support around you that saw that you needed therapy or did you feel like you had to go to them and make them see that no, that was definitely self. I, I'm <laughs> one of those people who are like self-guided. So it's like, <laughs> no, I realized that I am in high school and even as a young lady, it's like stuff is happening around you. You know, mm-hmm. you know that things are happening. You're meeting friends. You're, you're getting interested in boys. You're making decisions in, in high school that's going to impact what college looks like Ooh, and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. And I knew that I wanted to go to college. But I knew that um, I needed support around the loss of my mom and just all the changes that happened around the loss of her. Mm-hmm. And so my family, um, my sisters knew that I was in therapy, but my family, my extended family, they didn't really know that I was in therapy. And I tried to, 
you know, kind of bring them in and say, hey, you might need to do some of this family work. But um, <laughs> that didn't necessarily happen. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. that was a, I was in high school and I started seeing the school psychologist mm-hmm. shortly that's after starting. Amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a awesome lot of that there was a resource. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we're going to bring it back on home. Speaking <laughs> of resources. <laughs> Right. So one of the, and we always say that depending on which poll you look at, mm-hmm. that one of the top two reasons for divorce is always finances. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I mean, I'm sure you see many couples that might be kind of going at it or going really through the thick of things. And so what is it about those finances that is it the, pro- is the problem? Is it the lack of finances? Is it how it's managed? Like, what are you kind of seeing um, in, in some of those instances? I mean, I think the lack of finances, if it was that clear, right? right? Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that's easy. Somebody get another <laughs> job, right? But um, no, what I find is that sometimes people, couples, even with the best of intentions, they don't really discuss their values mm. or their or their goals related to like, we're making money, we're mm-hmm. bringing in money. But what's our shared goal? What are our values around this? And that's why regardless of whether or not I'm doing like premarital work or um, couples are actually in the midst of conflict and then, you know, it comes out that they're having some money issues or conflict around money issues. Mm-hmm. That indeed there's I try to do more work around. OK, let's build some healthy conversation right. around our values. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't have any shared values about around what we're building as a family, because I genuinely believe, um, and this is me personally, but also as a therapist, when you have a family, when you have a relationship, we need to be working towards something, mm-hmm. even if it's just happiness in a year from now, right? But right. what does that look like and how is that defined? And financial goals need to be uh, set up in the same way but if we don't have shared values like a clear understanding of well what does money mean right <laughs> what does money mean what is the value of money what is the value of the dollar as it relates to us and what it is that we're doing together then it becomes one of those conversations that really don't necessarily get teased out mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't mean that it's all bad but it definitely becomes one of those things that needs to be addressed so Share values, share goals, or at least an understanding of, of what our values are as a family, as a couple that supports our goals. So a goal might be specifically around um, vacationing, right? Mm-hmm. We don't vacation enough. I wish we did. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things that I wish people would incorporate into their goal setting as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we don't set aside and identify and discuss what those goals look like, then we're really not even working towards something so when the money's gone it's like well where did the money go or Mm -hmm. you know well how did we decide to pay off debt and things like that so values goals and then um sometimes there's this unspoken history of trauma around money Mm -hmm. Uh, i hate to use the word trauma because sometimes it's it's overused but sometimes people have genuine lived experiences of being poor and without and so they are working really hard to not experience that again. And so there, there needs to be conversation and understanding around, like, even how do we get to this point of understanding what our values are around money that becomes sometimes a part of our trauma history, mm-hmm. uh, be it previous relationships, mm-hmm. how we grew up around and what, the, you know, how we learn about money. How do we learn about investing? Do we even know what investing is? 
do we save for things like vacation or do we just wait for the money to mysteriously show up because we had an extra chunk of cash right. you know and so those are the things that i find um sometimes just go not discussed yeah. and so by the time they are discussed or you know we've been trying to work at it it's more in the way of conflict mm-hmm. um which means we really aren't listening to each right. other at that right. point yeah. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure and so do you I, i'm assuming when they come in conflict wise that like there's a partner that's had to deal with you know being very poor and then someone that may not be understanding why they spend the way they spend or there's oh, a spender and a set you know there, there's a contrast in the way yeah. the two partners view money mm-hmm. is that right. typically right and sometimes that comes out in couples therapy where it wouldn't if you were home mm-hmm. talking about well where did the money go right right or why don't we go on vacation oh because we don't ever have money so it never gets discussed that you know, my family, we never went on vacations or we went on vacations all the time. Like every summer we went somewhere. And so it's just ingrained in me to have a savings account. Mm-hmm. Not that that is separate from, um, say, we're saving for household things or we're mm-hmm. saving for, you know, the children that we actually have savings set aside for the things that we want to do as a family. Right, right. You know, so when those conversations are had a lot of times, the conversations that is the understanding that listening part that is so important when it comes to conflict resolution it doesn't even get brought up because we don't think oh well this might be a part of your family culture right because we come from we come from families we come from experiences Mm -hmm. we all have our stories that we bring to our relationships Mm -hmm. and they inform how we do the things that we do right and you know you often hear especially people who have maybe been through divorce like hindsight is 2020 or like they didn't talk about it or just things right. that, things they ignored while they were dating so maybe like what are some questions or conversations people should be having to your point when they're dating about finances because i know especially in community that can be a taboo subject right so right. i mean <laughs> You get quick and I with the, I mean, how much you make? I don't know that that's the conversation, but, you know, what are well, some what are some things that people should be talking about, right? I think if you, I think if that's something that you're genuinely interested in knowing, like, it's like, oh, well, I need to know how much you make. Yeah, I don't think you want to wait till you're married to ask the question, because right. then that means that that anxiety around how much a person makes is what you brought into the marriage. Mm. Okay. Right. So my thing is always ask the questions that come to you, like follow your spirit, because at the end of the day, not asking makes you this kind of anxious, nervous mess mm-hmm. when it comes to, to the even the conversation of finances that now you're bringing when you could have asked and, you know, had the person say, oh, well, I make two thousand dollars a year. Like and I, and I love it. And you're like, oh. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, right. how, how are we going to live on that? Um, <laughs> no vacations. No. Right. Definitely not. No vacations. Um, but I that having your own understanding of what it is financially you want that will help you to feel comfortable in a marriage, mm-hmm. in a relationship. Those are the questions that you need to ask. I mean, always... Um, it's at various parts of dating that we get into these conversations around, you know, how much you make and, you know, what what do you do and mm-hmm. how do you save and what do you save? Do you invest? Are you, if you're interested in those things, I think you need to ask. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are those 
that's like my heart and goal because all you can do is ask shoot your shot and then allow the person to answer and then look for the backup Mm. the the follow-through the action that shows that they are interested in saving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um one of the things though that because one of the things that will happen if you have the question of i genuinely want to know how much this person makes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't ask you bring that anxiety into the marriage and then you're frustrated when you actually ask the question Mm -hmm. both of you are going to be on the defense so that means you're not really discussing finances anymore y'all really just engaging in conflict And so that's why it's important to just ask all the things that you want to know prior to. Do I think that, you know, knowing how much a person makes before you are engaged, eh, you need to, you need to make sure that that's important to you. (laughs) You, I mean, you need to make sure that that's a question that's important to you, but you do get to see certain things while you're dating. Like you get to see how they spend their money. You Mm -hmm. get to see if they spend money. You get to see if they work, if they have a job, if they don't have a job, they have no way of bringing in money. Um, Or they're constantly, uh, or they make a lot of money and they're always grinding. Mm -hmm. Like those are, those are things that speak to who a person is that you do want to see up front. Mm -hmm. Right. And you want to take as truth. Mm Mm-hmm. Because yeah. wait until after you're engaged or after you're married, um, hoping that this will change. Mm-hmm. That's another kind of if you if you say to yourself, this thing will get better after marriage. Mm. Yeah, that's not usually <laughs> how that works. <laughs> it's usually not how it works. It don't quite Ooh, come together that, like yeah, that. Honey, that. Yeah, and that pause, I'm telling you every I mean, time. hey, hey. And that takes me to my question because you hear so many people that have gotten divorced say, I saw the red flag, right? Right. Like when these couples are coming in to for counseling, are Mm -hmm. most of them saying that they did see these patterns before they got married or were they kind of oblivious, like they kind of turned a side eye, like I'm not going to ask the questions because I don't want to know. Like they didn't take the deep dive or did they not six i just i'm like you i don't believe people drastically change because you put a ring on it and say i do yeah right so my first response to that is that sometimes we um we we fall for the love right Mm -hmm. or the feeling of love and then everything else becomes like this gray like the only thing that's black and white is whether or not I love you or not, or whether the sex is good or not, or whether, you know, you pay to get my nails done or not type of a thing. <laughs> right. Um, and no knock to those, to people to th- that those things matter. However, um, a person will show you glimpse, glimpses of who they are. Now, mind you, there are people out there who will not, they will be very good. They will be very, so there's that unique, uh, of people who are very good at not being honest mm-hmm. and so you have to deal with that but for the most part love is never enough Mm-mm. right mm-hmm. and so love will get you to the to the altar I mean it'll get the ring it'll get you to the altar it'll get you through that first year but then when you start to realize oh we never really discuss finances. So you'd be surprised the number of couples that really don't discuss finances. They don't plan Mm -hmm. 
for their future. They don't plan for the will. They don't plan for the life insurance. They don't plan for investing or not investing. They don't plan for vacations. They don't even discuss it. And so they're waiting for marriage. They're waiting for the wedding day to have those meaningful conversations, Mm. which that's when you realize, oh, we really do differ. Mm-hmm. and how uh, what our values are related to what money means to us individually and that directly impacts the marriage it impacts mm-hmm. how the family exists and so um yeah sometimes the red flags are exist are are ignored but sometimes people don't even have the conversation mm-hmm. there's never like an intentional conversation about well how do we do this how do we do we have shared accounts do we mm-hmm. have individual accounts do we have a pot of money that goes to pay the bills and so i try to discuss that with my couples especially if they're coming with to me for premarital mm-hmm. um so that there's the conversation is has started mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when a couple does come into you for like premarital counseling um let's say the couple that doesn't talk about finances right they come in to you you realize that they're not talking and you're uh, you're able to see from you know your perspective that there's probably going to be some underlying financial issues what would be some of those like red flags like a person i don't know necessarily maybe being controlling or um so there's a difference between like financial abuse Mm -hmm. that is under the realm of um what we look at like uh power and control or like domestic violence, actual abuse in relationships. Mm-hmm, One mm-hmm. of the aspects of actual abuse in relationships is that financial control, mm-hmm. right? And so um, those are definite things to look forward to. Any any um, okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm treading lightly here because <laughs> in some well, because in some relationships, people don't have an issue with having to earn money in the relationship so like I earn an allowance yeah. or you know so that if that's your thing then have at it mm-hmm. if it's not your thing so I'm not talking to those people I'm not talking to the people who are like yeah I don't mind if my partner controls all the money and I have to do things to earn it I'm not talking to y'all I'm talking <laughs> to the people who um want to be in the discussion and involved in the discussion when you don't have discussion that's a bad thing Mm-hmm. When you don't know where money is, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. When you don't understand how bills are being paid, yeah. not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because there is a there is an unsettling feeling when you look around and you realize, uh oh, the bills ain't been paid in five months. Mm-hmm. You know, or somebody's coming to repo the car type of a thing. So if you don't know where those pieces are mm-hmm. and you want to know, right? that's an issue. When you don't want to know and you're fine with not knowing, I'm not talking, again, I'm not talking to those people. Um, but I, if you have a desire to be engaged, mm-hmm. then you definitely want to have the conversation. But I'm, I'm saying this up front. Listening is 85% of communication. Mm-hmm. So you should always be do you also you always should be prepared to do more listening than you are talking or trying to defend yourself. So if you if you are not listening to what the other person is saying and y'all are coming to a shared understanding, then that's a problem. Mm-hmm. 
Gotcha. But everybody, even even if it's not explicitly discussed, people come to conclusions about how they're gonna spend their money. Right. Mm-hmm. So be mindful. <laughs> be, be watchful mm-hmm. of that. It's- and again, I, I do want to say I'm sorry to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I, I want to say too that this is very different when there's abuse involved. So again, that's a totally different dynamic. That it looks. It looks very different. You, you're saying like physical abuse. It looks very different. Well, because physical, most people look at domestic violence or sexual abuse or you know abuse as um, physical abuse being the first thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they hit you last, mm-hmm. but they controlled your money. They have spoken so negatively towards you that you have assumed that you're probably not even bright enough to maintain money. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the the physical parts of actual abuse come later mm-hmm. like it might co- look like a push or a shove but that financial power and control mm-hmm. piece yeah that is that is abuse yeah yeah and where does that i know like and it probably could be different for multiple people but is there like a commonality of like where that stems from from like the abuser or the victim in terms of like I don't know. I don't want to say entering that situation, but being in like an abusive situation, is there like a, I don't know, I wish, some I kind mean, of connection? There are, there are so many factors that mm-hmm. contribute to how we end up in relationships that we end up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so really it is about the dynamics between the two people and how they start. Because nobody goes into a relationship saying, I want to be controlled. Right. Mm-hmm. Unless you into that, which again that's the dynamic right Mm -hmm. um but most people do not want do not go into relationships like that it happens over time and it's a subtle manipulation Mm -hmm. you know it's a subtle thing and so where most of us take the or some of us take the position of i could never yeah most people don't even know they're in it until it's happened for years Mm -hmm. yeah and so, you know, I, I, there are multiple factors. There's, you know, history of it within other relationships, family history of it. Um, uh, there are some studies that speak to, like, the family dynamics as far as uh, whether or not there was violence or control over money and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, poor self-esteem, depression, anxiety, all of those things, you know, can kind of contribute to abusive relationships on either part, mm-hmm. right? Um but that's as far as perpetrators that's not my area i've worked more with people who have been survivors of either sexual assault sexual abuse and domestic violence got you got you and so just want to shift slightly because i know for some people this other area could be a point of contention Mm -hmm. um where the woman is the higher earner i know that's less traditional maybe it's becoming more common now but what are some of the issues that present for both partners, both the, you know, the woman as the higher earner in a heterosexual situation and the right. man not being the, you know, bringing home the bacon, so to right. speak? We're, we're definitely seeing healthier trends around how couples are managing this, mm-hmm. um, because the truth is a lot of couples exist where the woman in a heterosexual relationship make more Mm -hmm. or the person that they assumed would be making more is now making less. And so the other person is having to, or is making more just because, you know, maybe they got an unexpected raise or they changed careers and, you know, so things happen. 
Um, so it can be stressful on both parties mm -hmm. because there's that shift that needs to happen that sometimes doesn't, right? Mm -hmm. um, and which is the one of the other reasons when it comes to healthy financial conversations within relationships, we should be having these conversations, if not quarterly, at least every half year, once a year, that we're doing this check-in around, well, how are we doing financially? Mm -hmm. What are we looking like financially? What are our goals? How far are we from it? And so if that conversation is happening, then they already understand what's who's bringing in what and what portion of this is going where and things like that. And in those situations, it also matters less who's bringing it in, right? right. Um, so what happens is, is that sometimes there is a loss of job or again, a change of career or one person is just that driven and they end up making more. Mm -hmm. And it's not the person that, that was anticipated to be the breadwinner it's stressful for both people because on some on one end you don't want to if it's a if it's a woman it's a if it's a heterosexual relationship and the woman is making more the woman sometimes will feel that stress of well i don't want to um i don't want to tout that i'm the one making more money but mm -hmm. there are times when i'm like but i am making more money so you know like give me that that respect mm -hmm. and so that brings up different types of issues around um, what respect looks like. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to um, who's going to pay the bills? Mm -hmm. If who, someone's bringing in money, who's going to pay the bills? And then what other areas in the household need to be supported if this person is maybe working more because they're, even they're making more because they're working more. Right. And what does that look like? And so um, on the other persons uh, and not to speak or generalize to all men, but there, um, sometimes it's like this feeling of, um, well, where do I fit in, mm -hmm. and how do I, how do I matter in this situation, or am I even needed mm -hmm. <laughs> here if you're making more than me? And so, again, those conversations are conversations that need to be happening continuously like because we're constantly evolving like mm -hmm. change is inevitable right mm -hmm. and so so are your finances yeah there I mean if you are planning to be married for 50 60 years then hopefully there's going to be some change mm -hmm. right. and so we need to be discussing that and how does it impact our goals mm -hmm. our shared goals so yeah yeah it could definitely bring stress into the household mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to yeah yeah how do you talk to, I, I guess, because I'm probably, I'm sure you've seen it, where the woman, like you said, the woman is making more money and, I don't know, during an argument, she she kind of is like, I don't need any of this stuff. Like, you can take all this stuff. I can buy my own. Like, mm. kind of letting him know, I literally don't need you. And, right. you know, like, and I'm sure it's now emasculating. Let's, yeah. Let's be honest how yeah. she said it. This is my... That's what she said. Right. That's what she said. So, it's how does how does that like how do you I guess work to start fixing that on her end is a mentality mm -hmm. and on his end it's feeling emasculated or like you said finding his place. Right. And so the um <laughs> I think it's a lie to say that you are in a relationship and don't need somebody. Mm. Right? something about that isn't truth right so they fulfill in some some role and so what happens is is that that 
can only be met with defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if you criticize somebody to the point of saying you not even worth I don't need none of what you bring to the table because you're not worried that you being here brings no value to me. Mm-hmm. And you want the person to stay. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I love her. I love her. <laughs> there is something to be said for how we say the things because you can say yeah. a lot. Yeah. In how you say it. Yeah. And so surely if you want to be heard, because ain't nobody going to hear that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a man, woman, or child. If you tell somebody, you I don't making. need you. Right, right. Then you really are looking towards eventually that person showing you just how much you don't need mm-hmm. them. Right? And so, what is it that you're genuinely trying to communicate here? Because mm-hmm. if it's that, then that's going to be too detrimental to y'all to even be able to communicate together. Right. Mm-hmm. If you if you go that direction with it, so mm-hmm. my goal, even as a therapist, when I see that in session, it's always going to be well. What is it that you're really trying to communicate mm-hmm. here? What is it that you want your partner to hear? Because you certainly, if you want them to hear that, then you know you are making conscious decisions to push your partner away, mm-hmm. which means y'all are not communicating anymore. Y'all are arguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all are in full blown conflict, mm-hmm. right? So it really does come down to do we want to be together and are we willing to say the things that we can that we can hear from each other can you hear me saying i need this from you mm-hmm. or i'm concerned about what what is being contributed to the household or i'm controlled that i'm carrying too much because especially uh what i've seen through the pandemic is that people are carrying the stress of having to work more right mm-hmm. for various reasons right because right. they're afraid they might lose their job or they they are people don't left the job and now they got to work more you know and so there's that stress of just having to do so much more that sometimes it impacts the how we speak and we show up Mm -hmm. in our marriages and in our relationships yeah so we definitely have to be gentle with our words you always want to speak with love and compassion because you want the person to hear you Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. can be hard though yeah, no, it's definitely hard. Right. When it gets you when it gets you in your chest. Like you like, I know you just did. Like, let, let, let me let me speak with my whole body. <laughs> say it with your chest. About, <laughs> say it with your chest. Yeah, no, that that doesn't it fits when you out in the streets. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? It don't fit in yeah, marriage. Right. Yeah. And it don't fit in relationships. So if you know that then you can say a lot. Mm-hmm based on how you say it. Mm -hmm. And we talked about some of the like more, I guess, negative boundaries and talking about control, like some of the healthier boundaries. So me and Lee on our show, we often say, you know, that it's, I guess, healthy to have your own individual accounts and then having, you know, joint accounts for whatever bills or however you choose to do it in in your relationship. Mm -hmm. But particularly for the situations, I guess, in relationships where, Maybe one partner would love to have a joint account mm-hmm. and the other one is kind of like, no, we not co-mingling money for whatever reason. Maybe because they don't trust right. their spending habits. Right. I don't, you know, it goes deeper. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In those kind of situations, like what have you seen to be healthy boundaries when a person doesn't want to co-mingle money versus, okay, they really might not be all in or there's some trust issues going on behind why they don't want to have, why they don't want to commingle money with you. 
Right. So to me, that's if if they're married. To me, that's the sign that they didn't have a an agreed understanding prior to getting married. Right. If you're married already and you're now discussing the fact that we don't know if we're gonna have a joint account mm-hmm. or separate accounts. That means y'all probably didn't get into the the nuts and bolts of what y'all's finances was right. going to be prior to actually getting married, right? So, to me, it is then about understanding. Okay, what is your values? What are your values individually, and then as a couple, what is it? What What are your needs? Because sometimes when people are asking for a joint account, they're really asking for financial security, mm. right? They don't want to feel financially insecure. Like, well, what if we don't have money? What if we don't have bills? What if, you know, and so when it comes to feeling financially insecure, you don't want that to be a a dynamic in the marriage that goes not discussed or undiscussed Mm -hmm. in the sense that um, I always encourage people to, to know, well, what's your threshold of like savings versus what's in the joint account versus what's in your individual account? what will allow you to feel safe, mm-hmm. right? Because then we talking, we really talking now mm-hmm. about numbers, which is then goals, mm-hmm. right? And we're getting it down to, okay, I would feel financially safe if we had six months of our bills put to the side or three months or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So this is what we're working towards, mm-hmm. right? So does it matter if we have it in a joint account or in an individual savings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would want it in a joint account. Or no, mm-hmm. it don't necessarily matter. That's a, but we need both need to have access to it. Mm-hmm. Right? So again, these are things that can be and should be discussed so that it is very clear that whether or not we have a joint account or as individual accounts, that we agree on how things are going to get taken care of and that we're working towards something. Right? Right? Um, I tell people all the time because people often ask me this about the joint versus the <laughs> the individual accounts. I'll never forget the first couple that I worked with that dealt with finances, and I they shocked me. I mean, I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> but they were older, so okay. I was like, "Obviously, they got time on me, so they and figured something out." Mm-hmm. <laughs> they split every bill fifty fifty. I know. Oh, okay. I know a couple that started off like interesting down down the i mean even to the point of if we get stuff for the kids like i'm bringing you the bill oh. if i pay for it and we gonna put it down 50 50 again i was like clutch my pearls what you mean <laughs> i was young so <laughs> <laughs> well because the thing is is that I like to hear people's stories. Right. Mm-hmm. I like to know, okay, well, how did you get to this place? Mm-hmm. So, um, again, I hit them with the, well, how did y'all get here? Like, how? Y'all right. not young. In my mind, because, of course, I'm not going to call people old. But the wife, when they were dating, had a phone bill that was like three, $400. Pre-cell phones, so just tell you how old they were. Mm-hmm. Pre-cell phones, so it was no unlimited calling after whatever it was. I'm literally having to call my landline, use my landline to call you. You were in a different state. We in love. We love each other, but we still on this here long distance phone calling. Great. She said she mentioned to him one time, Man, this is a really. I have. My, I just got my phone bill. It was really expensive, like three, four hundred dollars. 
she said he his from her perspective what she heard him say was <laughs> i hope you can pay that <laughs> <laughs> that's what she heard so she said okay. that's what she heard mm-hmm. and from that point forward she said i will never ask him for a dollar mm. married have a beautiful house adopted two beautiful kids they went half on a baby. <laughs> they did. Oh, sorry. They did. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. And everything But else. they were happy. I mean. Were they? That's good. Yeah. That works. Because I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I was there to support them as a couple for other reasons that did not have anything to do with their money. But wow. when, she, when they told me that that's how they handled their friend, I was like, well, I must know. Do tell the story. <laughs> and when she said that, he, did, he didn't even really remember which was funny. Why they how they got there? How they got there, but that is how subtle it is that we start to have conversations that aren't even really happening, and then the conversations that we should be having mm-hmm. we're not having. Mm-hmm. But that's how quick it is. So mm-hmm. here they are, years later, happily married, splitting the bills because it was landline. Landline phone conversation, but that bothered her. Okay, <laughs> it, clearly she remembered to the day. He like, what are you talking she, about? Well, she remembered. She was like, I, I never, I never, and uh, there may have been some other dynamics that play right. right on her end as far as her lived experiences and watching, you know, maybe in her family or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she was like, from her perspective, she heard him kind of say, "I hope you can pay that bill," mm-hmm. but did not offer to pay. Right. Yeah. She was like, yes and no. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. I love you. But I would never ask you for money. Not never. Um, Not ever. Hmm. So we have to be mindful of those things so that we're creating healthy, mm-hmm. healthy conversations around money. We can't be scared to talk about money. No. That's so true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I feel like there can be, um, I'm not going to say a danger, but it can kind of be a red flag when you're with someone and they don't want you to have access to their money. Now, that's different. I think I do. I mean, I'm going to go lawyer mode. It depends on on what? <laughs> I'm on? just saying, how much we talking? It depends. What do, what, when you say access to money, what do you, any money? I mean, yeah, like I'm definitely going to have a prenup, but that's protecting afterlife stuff. Right. Right. But my fiance couldn't come and say, hey, I need such and such. And I have to dip into my 401k to help him out. He got access to my 401k. Now he going to be a co-signer on the 401k. No. Mm -hmm. But if he needed access to funds. He got it. You know what I'm saying? This is the same thing. Like, I know his accounts. I'm not on his account name. I can't go up in the bank and withdraw nothing. Right. But I have access to it, you know? And I think when a partner is like, no, this is mine. You can't okay. touch it. You can't see. You don't need to know these numbers. And there are people out there. And I'm, again, you know, for that mm-hmm. percentage, mm-hmm. and it works for you and you don't find it offensive, cool. Well, when you're saying access though, because you said like okay, I can't go get it mm-hmm. but I know about them. When you saying are you meaning access like you can actually go get it or the knowledge of it? Well, from, from my, when I say access, I mean I know about it and if I needed it, I can 
I can get it. Like I can have it. Now he might, you know, might have to pull the money out. Mm-hmm. But there are, I mean, truly people that I, when I feel like you don't have access, it's like you. You don't have an awareness. You don't have an awareness yeah, of it, like, oh, and, you, and you yeah. couldn't use it. Like they would be like, "No, that's my four hundred one k that I work for. Right. You need this bill paid off. Then you need to hustle and get your job up." And I mean, was it in that prenup? Four hundred one k is nice, right? Just saying. But so, so to me, that's that's one of those things that um, if you find out after you're married mm-hmm. that the person has. A genuine issue with you knowing having awareness right. you i'm not saying again because the access is something totally right. different mm-hmm. but an awareness of what you have in your regular kind of spending mm-hmm. if that is of importance to you you have to speak to that prior to marriage right mm-hmm. right not and my suggestion is you speak to that prior to marriage well because after the fact then it's just going to be a source of contention and so a mm-hmm. source of conflict. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're making adult decisions and that's what you're doing, then just know that that's what's going to be. That's going to be one of the first four conversations y'all have that's going to go left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that brings me to what can be a point of contention. Mm-hmm. In your professional yes. opinion, mm-hmm. um, what do you think about these prenups? Because people, it, it seems to be very polarizing. Yeah, it is very polarizing. Which is again why we got to be very clear up front from the beginning. We, what do you see as the purpose of getting a prenup? If we're doing a prenup, if what's the purpose of it? What what is the thing that we are trying to do here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you both want to be in agreement on it, or at least have understanding. We can agree to disagree, but there needs to be understanding. Like I need to be up front and clear about why we're why would I sign and why would I have you sign a prenup okay what kind of purpose could you give for them to be like (laughs) oh yeah i agree with that that's Um, a sub right but the per i mean the to me the purpose of a prenup on gp is that it protects your assets prior to whatever you came into the marriage with now the additional things that comes into prenups and all the other agreements i don't i i can't speak to people's personal you know decisions around that but if it's to protect what the person came into with, like an inheritance mm-hmm. or a family uh, land. Mm-hmm. Or 401k. You need to be very clear today. <laughs> nobody touching that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because. Let's be clear. <laughs> or, or, that it's, or that you're saving it for the children. You know, mm-hmm. purpose is purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So you're not opposed. <laughs> no. No, I mean, I think. <laughs> I, I don't oppose anything that people say will help them to be happy and live their best lives. Right, right. We agree on it. And then, because a prenup is a standing thing. So once you, what, do you, what is it that you all are growing in the marriage? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's more so what's important right. when it comes to marriage anyway. Like, you both may have worked really hard to get what you have, or your parents may have worked, or your great, 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 however... Or you may have children that you need to protect prior mm-hmm. to the to the marriage. So you know those things are in place. So those are reasons, right? Right. But what are we doing together? Mm-hmm. What are we building? What are we creating together? Mm-hmm. Right. That doesn't even have to be included in the. I mean, it's not right. part of the prenup. So what are we doing together? Because mm-hmm. that's that then that, becomes right. community. Right. <laughs> right. 
that that that's a whole fifty fifty discussion that's about to happen. <laughs> it is. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we feel the same there. Okay. <laughs> Our hearts and minds are clear. Our hearts and minds are clear. Yes. Let there be clarity. (laughs) Yeah. We want to thank you, Dr. Faye, for dropping in to share this free gems and knowledge. Um, Where can the people find you? I'm not sure if you're taking on new clients, but. Ooh, that is the loaded question. So, um. (laughs) From my friends and family like people that refer to me for specific things then they already know that I would see them so I am listed on psychology today mm-hmm. uh, which is a listserv for therapists I'm also um, on therapy for black girls mm-hmm. as a listserv so that I can be found there my website is drfaithtroop.com and um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook yes I'm going to put a period on that. Um, But I am uh, Dr. Faith Troop on Facebook and Instagram, I I believe. And then Troop Psychotherapy and Consulting has a web uh, Facebook page. And then I'm also on the website for Isaiah Counseling and Wellness. All right. So I can be found quite a few places. Right, right. Say, look me up. Right. Google. Yes. Google me. Google me. Google me. Right. Well, we will make sure to have her information, of course, in the show notes for our D&D fam. So are you taking clients, though, right now with the virtual stuff and everything going on? Right. I am taking, um, seriously, real talk, though. I uh, have taken a few clients. I try to only take one or two a week. Um, new people just because if I'm doing premarital I know it's for a specific set of sessions and so I get to move people in and out and so as I make room I will call people and let them know what my availability is so fair enough all right yeah I'm saying I'm taking clients but I don't take everybody because I'm not for everybody and everybody ain't for me hey so so, uh important to know yeah yeah so call me for a consultation. How about that? <laughs> and then we can go from there. Okay. That sounds great. Well, we'll have her information. And there is a very quick mm-hmm. Dear Diva that we can get in three minutes or less um, because we have not done many since we've been recording. We have such people with such rich knowledge. So. <laughs> um, but if you'd like to possibly have an, a question, comment, concern, your shenanigans read um, on an episode, you can email us divaadvice at gmail.com. That's D I V A. A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com. And the letter, I'm just going to summarize it. Basically, the person is, I guess, somewhat behind or feels behind financially because they spent some time in grown-up timeout, a.k.a. Okay. And so they're trying to figure out how to build their credit with no credit because, you know, unfortunately, no credit is looked at worse than bad credit. Mm-hmm. So they just want to know what they can do to kind of help themselves along the way. Mm. Let's see. So I would probably start with getting some prepaid credit cards, like putting cash on the credit cards, making sure that whatever prepaid credit card that you're getting will be ran into Mm -hmm. the three bureaus that they will run it because there are some that are just like like a debit card and it wouldn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be a good way to start 
getting some bills in your name. Mm-hmm. Um, start small, cell phone bill, mm-hmm. um, making sure that you're paying them regularly, not missing any payments. Do not be late on payments um, because every time you're 30 days, 60 days, 90 days late, it goes on your credit report. Your credit score goes down. Right. Um, if you, the quickest way to build it, if you have a trusted friend and authorized user, honey, our family member, yes, they can make you an authorized user now. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if your location, well, prior location will be an issue. But. What they can do is make you an authorized user, but you don't have access yeah. to the card. Right. You don't get so the card. So some people do that. Like, okay, I'll add you. Mm-hmm. And if the person needs to have good credit. Don't just have anybody. Add, because you basically inherit their credit. And That's they should of- also have 30% less utilization. If they're at 70% utilization, you getting it's on there, it's not going to help you at all. And a lot of people do that for their kids. The yeah. folks who know the game, they do that for their, <laughs> their kids come out with 800 credit at 17 like right. how so that yeah if they tr- but that's where the, you can take that trust issue out mm-hmm. if they just add you they're very responsible and then they just let it run w- smoothly mm-hmm. then you don't have, ever have to have access to the card but the prepaid thing I was going to ask when you said you put cash on it is it for example if I put 500 on here my limit is 500 mm-hmm. okay, okay. yeah so you can't spend more than you actually put, put on, on it yeah okay all right. So that was quick and easy. <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right. So again, uh, questions, comments, concerns, diva advice at gmail.com. Quick, you got any tips? I do not have any tips. The tips I have for you is if you are on YouTube right now, you need to hit that subscribe button below. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we are on YouTube now. You can go over there, see this video that you are now listening to, and go hit subscribe. Mm-hmm. Find us on Divas and Duckets on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Mm-hmm. And go follow us, like, and share. Amen. And as, you know, hot girl summer, <laughs> quick and I... Um, we'll be on Money Talk Yay! the third Thursday of June, July, and mm-hmm. August um, on from 5 to 6. And it is WGH 1310 AM. You can, if you're in Virginia, you can just turn your dial to that. If not, you can go to MoneyTalk1310.com. So, again, that's the third Thursday of the month. I believe that's June 17th, July 15th, and August 19th. You can hear us on the radio. Yay. All right, y'all. So good episode. Thanks for being here. Thank you again, Dr. Faith. And in the meantime, in between time. Have a great attitude. Bye. Bye. Bye.